where the pavement ends uh, coming back at you if you ever wanted to hear three guys attempt to speak about something that they don't know a ton about <laughs> today's the day but we got to address it it's huge it's huge in our uh, in our world so to speak and you know I think it's all around us just because I've done it a little bit. I'm sure Clay's done a little bit. Clint's done a little bit, but we are not experts. By no means. In reloading. And there's probably people that are mad right now that, you know, guys that really predator hunt, especially, you know, that was some of the first uh, interaction, you know, that I've seen with um, reloading was predator hunters. They wanted they wanted their rounds dialed in to something other than what was on the shelf, and I, I still to this day, uh, Bob, a good friend of mine, he 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 can't believe that I don't reload you know regularly, and I you know shotgun sports, you know if you shoot a lot of shotguns you know whether skeet shooting or whatever I mean those guys are big time reloaders too maybe more for the financial end of it but. Um, yeah, I think a lot of just plinkers, you know, guys, just target shooters and yeah. stuff, you know. I think it's a means to lower your costs a little bit. Yeah, if you're yeah. if you're big. Well, that's pl- one of the big benefits is typically it's a lot cheaper because you take out, you know, obviously the process of right. a big company making it for you. But in today's world, I think it's still like that. But it's a matter of even getting the stuff. Well, I was going to say to a degree, right? Because powder and all that stuff. It, it went through the roof and to, became unobtainable. Yeah, and today, everything, primers, yeah. casings, powders, everything, if you can find it, it's expensive. So today, as we said, I, I don't know if it's cost-effective. I'm sure it still is. It's true. Because you, you take the packaging out of it. Packaging and, and marketing and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. You know, it's got to be still cheaper, but if you can get it, that's uh, one thing. And I'm not, you know, I don't advocate for everybody to go buy it, you know, all the equipment and you know stop buying factory loads as they say i mean there's there's definitely a time and a place and a you know your factory ammunition typically you know it's made by the best of the best i mean you're well, you you, there lots of technology and you know evolution and all that stuff goes into yeah their engineers are on the daily oh yeah figuring things out on what loads are and what best are and you know a new uh, rifle manufacturer comes out with a new (laughs) barrel or a new twist or a length or whatever and they go in and test and what and they try as being such a broad maker of bullets you have to you can't have every grain of bullet out there (laughs) that people want so that's where reloading is and and you know federal knows that that they can't make all the different grains, so they're going to take in, you know, 130 grain, 155 grain, all these different grains, obviously, for the different calibers to where reloading, if you really get into it and you have a gun that really likes 137 and a half grains, you're never going to find that on the shelf. You're right. And you're never going to know that if you just shoot factory ammo, which there is precision factory ammo from federal i mean they, uh, I you can go out there and it's matched ammo basically but if you can go get this equipment literally you can drop one extra 
little BB in there or whatever it is. One little grain like of powder, powder one, yeah. and change the way that bullet sure. fits your rifle. So that's, if you are into accuracy and shooting long distance or just really ethical, ethical reasons to be the best you can be, I don't know why not. Well, and you, there's a lot to it, you know, when you think about it's all testing, right? You're, you're same with when you're talking store-bought ammo, shelf ammo. They've done all that testing for you where you've got to be in a place where, like you said, you can load, you know, 91 grains of powder, and then you then you go out and you've got to fire it, and you, you know, through a chronograph or whatever, and then you got one that's got 92 grains. See the and, test results, you know, yeah. You know, so you're, you're doing all that testing yourself. Not everybody's into that. Nope. Like you said, long-range shooters, they're, they're definitely reloading their own rounds, maybe for the financial reasons, but also for accuracy and, you know, actually having it completely dialed into what they shoot. And, you know, they shoot – guys shoot competitions. I had a guy that worked for me, Gino, that – and I mean, they were they were to a whole nother level where you know they were they were into all these wildcat rounds and you know uh, a twenty two two fifty bullet, but you know on top of a whatever three hundred short mag cartridge that they changed the shoulder and changed the neck and you know that's like to the to the nth degree where they're trying to get as much out of a bullet and you know hit steel targets at a thousand yards, you know minimum plus all the accuracy and just a different world it's a different kind of shooting it's we don't do that you know nobody in this room does that but there's guys out there that that's all they do right i I bet you gino hadn't been on a deer hunt in 25 years but he shot a rifle way more than i ever have you know because he's out that's it he chooses to do with it um and i think it's really cool and there's a lot of like it's kind of like tying flies right you know you Sure, you can go to the store and buy any tied fly you want. They work great, but there's a little bit of uh, gratification. Yeah, like uh, like pride, I guess you would take in it, you know. And you know that you know your your seven millimeter. You know, you got the <laughs> those green plastic boxes that hold like fifty rounds, right? And you, they always mark them, you know, seventy six grains of Rotumbo powder with a <laughs> you know federal da 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 bullet and a you know such and such a casing with such and such a primer and they know that and and then they'll say you know this is zero to 250 yards and it's good out to 997 yards and the the dudes love that and that's great you know that's another like i said a portion of you know learning all these shooting sports and becoming an ethical hunter or or even just becoming a, a pro amateur bench shooter or a competition shooter you know like you said jared maybe in his line of work and you got to make a thousand yard shot or you, you got to be prepared to make a thousand yard shot. You know, you want the very best things that you can get for that. Could be store-bought ammo, could be shelf-bought ammo, yep. but could be that spending a little bit of time, you know, at a range and at your bench and creating your own kind of ammo could be better for what you're doing. What's your, what's your feeling on, let's just say 50 years ago, 1970s, how has it has the percentage of people who shoot guns not hunt but shoot guns for all the different various reasons has the percentage gone up stayed kind of baseline or gone down on on reloading as a because i almost look at it as kind of a culture you know you if you grew up with a with a father or an uncle 
that reloaded and you were around it, you're just like anything, you're more likely to get into it. Um, but I just kind of was wondering because of the technological advances of the major ammo makers getting that much better. I think is there think as much need? Up. What's just kind of your gut? Because I never really considered My that gut myself. Is that but. it's gone up just because, just in the times that we are, think there's a lot of unknown. I, I was going to say I think we've seen a. I think it. I think it dipped because I remember being young and like all my friends' houses. Reloaded. They had a reloader in their garage, yep. right? Whether it was for shotgun shells or whatever. I I just remember seeing it all the time, and then it was like factory ammo got so good and became so affordable because it takes time you know what i mean like and 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 as we got busier it's like i'm just gonna go buy a box of shells but now like you said then the world goes crazy i know that um i have a friend that his both his kids got into sporting clays you know it's a hundred rounds per round of sporting clays and you just flat out couldn't buy it because like you said earlier, it wasn't, it's, it wasn't, it, last year it wasn't even about the money because buying primers, wads, holes, powder, and BBs were just as expensive or more than buying a box of shells, but you couldn't buy a box of shells. Yeah. But then you also, then you got into where you couldn't get primers because you can always pick up your holes and, and you yeah. know, when, well, unless they're steel casings or whatever, but you know, shotgun holes, you can pick them up and you can reload used ones or you can buy new ones whatever but you couldn't get the primers without the primers all the rest of it's worthless so guys were spending because i that's the first thing i said to my buddy oh well you save a bunch of money he goes actually no a, you know a box of 500 primers is you know 300 and whatever bucks you know it's like more than buying but he said you can't buy the other stuff either so at least i can find primers something else has changed you can buy this stuff online which you can't buy ammo online i don't believe right yeah can you mm-hmm Certain states, maybe not. Yeah, probably not. Like California, for sure, no, probably. You yeah, have to get but back you can definitely buy all the components online, have it shipped right to your door. Mm-hmm. In a, in a, you know, it, a, a, uh, the the machine that does a shotgun shell, because you know, rifle shells are very different than reloading shotgun shells. They make like a one crank shotgun thing. You can sit there and pump out round after round after round of shotgun shells with with very little knowledge of the you know reloading process that they have machines that do the whole thing for you when you start talking (laughs) wayland didn't like that you start talking about what we were talking about earlier and and reloading precision rifle ammo that's a complete different game so many different dies yeah that's crazy that's what i was going to make a comment on when you're talking when i when i started looking into oh i'm going to get some reloading stuff i was like uh oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I need to get here because there's so much stuff that goes on with and there's different there's, there's calibers. And, oh, it's crazy. There's equipment that's meant for like speed. Like if you look at the RCBS website, there's equipment that's made for like speed. Like if you're reloading 223, you know you shoot a lot of 223. There's equipment and they they break it down to the you know rounds per minute or whatever. You sit there and crank them out, but then. You know, like you said, if you're reloading 300 wind mag that you're hoping to shoot a thousand yards with, and you're talking, you know, precision weights and measures, and the way you know the way they set the bullet, the way you set your primer, you've got to trim your casing, you know, all that stuff for precision work. They're not, they don't care if it, you know, they might only reload 10 shells in a night. Yeah. Whereas a guy, I don't know, 
223, you might be able to do 1,000 in a night. And if you're shooting a lot of steel targets and, you know, guys like out at Shaw shooting, if you're going to, you know, they're 1,500 rounds a day. You know, if you could reload 1,000 a night and take a little bit of the burden off of what you've bought, you know, it helps for sure. I, I'm excited about it. I've, and the good thing is Jared's buddy has been doing it for 15 years. And so he has all these charts and grains and, yeah. I mean, dialed in. So I'm really excited to learn from him. Yeah, it's hard to get the uh, – that guy Bob would probably come help us too. He uh, He's having trouble getting the dyes and stuff, so he's just been buying them. Even if he doesn't need them or whatever, yeah. he, if he sees them and someone has them, he buys them. I've been trying to talk him into getting us some 220, or, uh, 22 250 dyes. Because uh, it would be cool to, you know, really get a rifle dialed in that, you know – not that not that the stuff we have isn't but you could you could you could make it better everything could be better right you could you could be touching three shells within each other at 250 yards and just have an unbelievable tack driver that it'd be cool that yeah because like rifles no matter how good they are no two are the same right the the twistings i mean the barreling's different the, i mean everything the guy different. that put it together is different you know what i mean he, he went they're, they're, uh, they're, they're at 16th more of a twist on the yeah. barrel he, everything's so different the way it's set in the stock changes and you'll hear everything it. you'll hear people talk about oh my my rifle doesn't like 143 gain sure. terminal ascent bullets it, i don't like whatever it is my my rifle doesn't like it but it loves 152 grain halt you know halt, whatever it is and, and you, so, you know, you find that out with the, the bench work, Yeah, you know, cause what we do, you know, you can miss a shot because your shooting sticks on a rock and on sand on the other side, <laughs> nervous. You get nervous and you, yeah. but having a rifle locked into a, a, a bench rest yeah. and fired the same over and over and over, you know, that's what we're talking about. And, and shooting through a chronograph and the things that make real precision, shooting what it is you know that's what we're talking about and that's where reloading comes into play in my world of you know wanting to learn how to reload is not for mass production of 223 you know i would love to like you said i'd love to have a 63 and a half you know grains with this particular you know boat tail whatever you know that's what i want and i want a box of 50 of them and only you know maybe you only do it once a year where you reload them or twice a year or something like that but they're they're legit and right for that gun that would be cool that's what i think you could take pride in learning you know yeah i think that's the kind of thing where you have to be introduced to somebody who's been doing it for a long period of time and you know it's like hand me down knowledge and i would imagine that's those different worlds of of reloading it's kind of like the just the the cost the efficiency because i i just shoot a lot and i just want to be able to do it fast versus this is a whole this is all it's almost like a a subculture within a culture it is you know? yes, so it is, yeah yes, when you're yeah. getting into that kind of stuff it's like you're not <laughs> you're not gonna just go grab a book at the library no. you know and read up on all this stuff yeah, you're talking RCBS about and then, has yeah. a dvd on it and yeah all this stuff it's gonna take it's like but uh, you probably kind of have to start i mean how many people just start reloading at it you know just they just pick it up and start reloading versus yeah. people you know they they learned it from a family member yeah, and then sure. passed down you almost probably start with that type of equipment learn the process learn the efficiencies of it make sure that the bullet doesn't blow up on you and then right. you then you kind of got to you have to migrate into this the specialty stuff yeah. I'd with, love to, with somebody I, who knows how to do it to teach you you're just talking about subculture it's almost like bow hunters 
but then you got recurve, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. It's just it's like everything. And you can you go got, out and hit your stock, you know, just wedges that you bought down, and then you can get the the shaft, the and then Cleveland, you go get 16, you know the angle yeah. where it goes into the you know as far as the golf hit, goes yeah. and stuff. So it's just you know as you. It, well, I was just I always think it's funny the guys that reload that if you ever talk about shooting around them. Well, did you grab your brass? You know, that's what Bob, that guy I know that reloads. He's like, I told you, oh, we were out coyote and we shot, you know, this new Benelli 270. Oh, did you grab the brass? I can reload those, you know, because they got the dies for certain kinds of things. And yeah. he was always, uh, you know, the silver, you know, the metal cartridges, they don't reload those because they, they can't, or you can only, or they dole their, uh, they dole it, yeah. the, the, the thing that cuts the casing. So you can, but. They don't do it, I think, because it, it, it's hard on the equipment. But, you know, it's like, ah, well, we were shooting, you know, the because I never pick up brass. <laughs> I didn't want to tell them that. I do keep all the brass from things I shoot, but yeah. not not right. target shooting. But, yeah, that that offends the uh, reloading guys. Well, I asked for – I went through the calibers that we shoot a lot, and I asked for it, all the dies, all the you – know, Every You got it all coming? I I don't know if it's available. I now, now you gotta have like a workbench. You gotta build like thing, a well, wood Jared, workbench. Jared said he's gonna have all that dialed. We're just gonna have it set up because that's the thing. Having it here, you can't have it here. You, you, you have, set what, it you up, got room you in your shed you at your house. Reloading is definitely the kind of thing you know. You no. just, I think we all have that. We we're all. You could close your eyes and envision the reloader. You know, this is a, you know you're retired kind yes. of thing. You know, you've slowed down at work. It's 10 o'clock at night and you're going down in your man cave <laughs> and you're reloading and yeah. you just Having absolutely beer, enjoy. Cocktail, yeah. To me, that's, that's the culture. Like time part flies of it. to me. I feel the same way about time flies. Yeah. Yeah. Like one day I'll be, a, I'll, I'll tie flies, but not right now. Cause I picture the same way. Pour yourself a cocktail. You go down, flick the light on. You're in your man cave at the bench, tie up a few, you know, more of a time killing thing than a necessity, I guess. Well, and then I think the other side of it, like you said, it's, you know, you use analogies, but there is that pride part of it. You know, you, not only did you, did you harvest that animal or you, you shot that really tight group, but it happened because you, you know, you were part of that process. Right? Yeah. Dude, hey, yeah. I told you my buddy, Justin, flint napped an arrowhead, you know, found a, a shaft and straightened it and heated it and did all that. Tied the turkey feathers on with sinew from his brother's elk, and then he shot a recurve bow. But he killed it. There's a primitive hunt you can do in Oregon, where you know certain parameters have to be met with it. And he killed a deer with, you know, a, a, an arrow that he made every part of, oh, cool. and out of a recurve bow, you know, old school recurve bow. And yeah, yeah it's like, like you said, you got your hand, and that's, that's a really cool. That's a very that's funny how it ties back into some of our previous podcasts about. You know the mule deer population and what kind of right there you get a chance at anything that's a legal buck i mean that's quite oh, an accomplishment you know oh, the, the horns are way down the list but yeah you're doing that for to me that would be kind of like oh i wouldn't want to do that repetitively right i'd do that one time in my life right. and then you know say you did it and then it was it yep um, yeah to go, I mean, but to go back I, to, on your question earlier of a number of people doing it i think you were right alex is that it started out a lot back in the day because they're people did it you know homesteaders they were yeah, away from your, had to do away it. from the city you know if you were going to live out in the mountains you ain't driving to the to town walmart didn't exist yeah. where you could go so, by and then it sure. dipped down because everybody you know cities expanded it was readily available it was cheap but now in uncertain times you 
you know, last year you couldn't go get toilet paper. Right. So how the hell are you going to get bullets? So if you now thinking ahead that these times are even possible from now on, when you see something, you're like, yeah, I can put that in my garage and hold on to that. Yeah. I can, you know, I might need that one day. I so, just was thinking of, of my childhood while you were talking and my buddy Aaron's dad reloaded shotgun shells and we always chuck around it back in the day. And his were always the best dude. Cause he loaded them hot dude. You know, like you could get your, I'm going back, you know, long's drugstore. You could buy PMC <laughs> shotgun shell. That's what we could afford to buy when we were kids, you know, but uh, if you were lucky enough to run into his dad, he would give you a, a box of hand loads and they were, they were, you felt them. Like if you had like a, a cheap shell, you know, or whatever, a, a six number six, and then you got one of Aaron's dads, it would kick, it would just kick a little bit harder. It'd have a little more powder in it. You know, yeah. it was a better chucker hunting around that. That's another, you know, if you want a little more, uh, oomph. Yeah. hundred percent. And when you get it dialed in the ballistics, if you, like your gun, if you put in 112 grains, it might be hot as hell out to 250 yards and then, you know, fall real fast at 300 to 500 yards. Or do you want to put in some more powder because you're not going to shoot it at 100 yards. You want that power down range at 600 yards because that's how you hunt. And that's the terrain you usually hunt in. There's so much dialing in you can do and just... That's what it's all about, right? That's all about the feet per second at the yeah. muzzle and how much of the energy, you know, whatever. How they, fast it burns yeah. and how where you set the... There's a lot of learning that I'm... Uh, but I, I really think I'm going to enjoy it because I, I love time flies. I love being a part of the process. It'd be a lot better if you lived at a place like Lavore's where you could just go right out on your porch and <laughs> shoot yeah. and see what you... Because that's part of it too, right? Is like you're, you're at home. Yeah. yeah, you load up those bullets, then you got to drive out to a range and shoot. And, you know, then if it didn't work or you didn't like, you know, you're all the way back home to reload some more, which it, it's all part of the process. Well, it that's just, the thing. It would be a lot better if you had a place to shoot right out your back that's door. That's the thing. You don't, you're not, if you're smart about it, you're not going to load 10 112s and go test. No, I think you're going to load 10 112s, 114, 114 and a half, yeah. 120s, and then go shoot. And that's why they, they mark all that stuff yeah. down. They've, you know, it's it's all it's it's a huge, it's a science. It's a like you said, a subculture, a hobby. It's a something to take pride in. It's not like, you know, the the thing I described earlier, where you're cranking out a thousand rounds of two twenty three at night. That's a different that's a different ball game. Yep. Precision work, like we're discussing, and and what we would be getting into. That's what's it is. Yeah. Like you said, it's like tying a fly. It's, and I think the biggest thing for me is going to be being part of the process yeah. at the final stages. Cause I like gardening. I like tying flies. And I think I'm going to like this because I, I want to be a part of the process in the final, the finals. Yes. I did that by my own hands kind of deal. A little bit more of a, a traditional approach, a little old school, mm -hmm. new school technology with an old school kind of mentality. Like you said, you couldn't buy toilet paper last year. Yeah. It's not too far fetched to believe that you're not going to be able to find some ammo. And if you, like you said, if you got it tucked away in your garage and Time you know, bad. you think about like, I don't want to be all dark and weird, but <laughs> you know, you throw a, a box of primers and a box of 30 out six casings and bullets and some powder in a box with a press. And, and it's, you know, you know that at the end of the day, you got that right. Like if it all goes to, 
hell and when you can't find come, when you the can't find come. the 30 out of six you could still you could hand load a, another 50 of them you know at the end of the day which yeah. kind of cool you know think about for sure the flip side of that in today's world too is we're all uh middle-aged white males and you you know you get that that uh, receipt from that store you just bought all that stuff and now all of a sudden you're on some cut somebody's list right oh, yeah you're <laughs> well, on the list for sure that's what, you knocking your door. that's what jared said the other day <laughs> so when, what are what are your intentions with buying all these yeah that's what jared said the other day he goes yeah no one's probably going to look at you because you, you're getting reloading stuff in the mail or ordering it from but when you if they send you seven pounds of this powder and 20 pounds of this powder and you have a yeah. hundred pounds of everyone's going to be like, uh, Hello. what's this guy doing? Exactly. Yeah. They can't, <laughs> they can't track down these, these school shooters with all this internet history. Yeah. And you know, they, they, it's always a big surprise, but then after the fact, there's all these warning signs, but yeah, we'll, we'll be the ones oh, right up front. They'll, they'll, you'll be on somebody's blacklist. Oh, yeah. I, told, I always told that. <laughs> I tell, I don't know if I've ever told on the podcast. I ever told the story about being on the, the, uh, what he's most wanted. No. What do you call it? When a, a bunch of different agencies get together task force, uh, there was a drug task force, um, five, five, six years ago now, probably in Reno, Washoe County, Sparks, Reno, uh, sheriff, Washoe County Sheriff Douglas was part of it. All these agencies had a task force about drug running in this area and an FBI agent, and DEA agent were on the task force and the DEA who does the checks at uh, the audits for ATF the ATF there was an ATF agent on the task force and this ATF in her downtime was going around town doing audits for FFL licensees and she goes to where we get ours suppress armament and your There's name's on there 4,000 times? Hundreds of guns th- over the year, over 15, 15 th- thousands of guns, right, that we get, all under my name. And she went back to the task force, and before the meeting started on the drug, she's like, hey, did has anybody ever heard of this guy around town? Has he ever caused any problems? Never been any on any radar? <laughs> Have you had any issues with him? Um, and luckily, one of the guys from Reno PD was one of Jared's really good friends. He'd been on a bunch of stuff, right? And he, and I've known him, and I didn't know, obviously, this was going on. But after the fact, he told Jared after that, and Jared called me, he's like, hey, guess what? <laughs> Your name came you. up on a task yeah. force. And, but I've never done it, obviously, illegal. Right. I've done everything up front, always FFL. I've but in some ways, you know, you feel good about that, yeah, too, right. right? Like, that should actually, you know, you should and be sh- able to, to pop up and have the professionals do the, the background check and, and you know, anyway, verify yeah, it anyways, friend, yeah. Yeah, he goes, yeah, I know him. What's up? And he goes, or she, he was a girl. Yeah, they, he has thousands of guns in his name from this one place. And he's like, yeah, it's all good. We- <laughs> They're all Benelli shotguns. <laughs> I kind of so, wish that was the world we lived in 100% of the time. And then yeah. you can, you know, include that and then rule you out versus, oh, we missed this one. Oh, yeah, the yeah. warning well, signs. We never heard about it. We never. Exactly. That you hear all the time. I mean, you think about all the different bad stuff that's happened over the years. So you want to reload me with me? Not reload me, but you're going to reload? Yeah. Did you get some 22250 dies? It's on the 
the list. On I haven't got list. anything yet. Oh, you haven't got anything. Yet. Um, like I said, it's, I ordered it two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. It's it, they said it's coming. Did you order everything from Federal? The casings, all that stuff is all coming from, well, supposed to be. <laughs> so, again, it's everything's on, it's, it's, in the mail. it's on the back order. It's uh, it's either on back order or coming. I just, it depends on what's available. Um, but everything, all the bullets, all the casings, primers, all that stuff coming from Federal. And they're all about it. Um, you know, obviously, we are we have all their factory ammo as well. But they're all about us doing this this rcbs uh they have little not little they have kits you can just you can just get the kit for what you're looking for did you order kits or do you order uh i ordered a couple kits do you know how to use a pair of calipers yeah well (laughs) (laughs) within a you know i know how to use an inch or two right yeah Yeah. fine that's the thing you got to be precise i mean because if you i i i think you get you get somebody who has, oh, that's you know, a, some experience. One hundred percent. I would never yeah, go start from and scratch. do it myself, yeah. and then go shoot those. I would sit there and watch for a week and learn. Bomb maybe maybe long. Well, I was going to say we have our current uh, star of the show here in recent re- the the past month and a half. And Uncle Mel is he a reloader? Guaranteed. Uncle he's Mel a did a bunch of reloading when yeah. he was young. Bunch. Because we had a we had a, our cousins, uh, uncle, my dad's. Gosh, yeah, uncle. Bob, you know, he reloaded, oh, reloaded a bunch, you know, uh, the the bakers and stuff. So, yeah, Mel Mel learned all that stuff you know, from him. And yeah, I don't excited. mean to cut you off, but you have a perfect spot out here for reloading. Clean yeah. that junk out off that table over there that's against the uh, we, the southwest I, I wall. Exactly it's just about, like time. Just, it's so time. Much, so throw much it stuff, away. though. That, throw it away. Throw we it some, away. We, <laughs> well, I, I could see that guy over there uh, taking about – 60% of the time he spends out in that place he, in his backyard and committed to reloading. Wintertime gardening, dude. You'd be he gardening gives shells. About a squash. <laughs> God, squash has been good so far. It's only so year. many arugula you can come, eat. Uh, Tom's grandma's garden so producing right now. Yeah, how did you feel yours? about that? Was that like cheating? Was he, the, he goes over to his grandma's house and does a big, well, so big harvest. The only reason we did is his dad, Tom's dad, grand, granny's son, <laughs> uh, is out of town and he's usually over there daily or every couple days helping granny she's you know in her 80s maybe almost 90 probably she and grow any marijuana for tom no yeah. i am <laughs> just joking you got any buds um, oh. but she she has a big garden too but she she still gets out there she's very active we talked we've sat there and had lunch today before we gardened or you know harvested for her and we talked about so much stuff. She talked about so much stuff. It was amazing how sharp her mind was. Well, how come her stuff's ready and yours isn't? Don't they started way, They started way earlier. Oh, Pelosi. that's what they Oh, they she started early. And she knows what she's doing. Like, like decades and decades yeah. of experience. It was. I was very jealous of her carrots. Her dirt that she grows her carrots in unbelievable really i was really that's weird to talk about jealous of somebody's garden jealous dirt. Of dirt i'm going to fix my mom's sprinkler valve at her house because her garden's not being able to water on a clock right now because of that that bad valve but yeah i we're surrounded I, by gardening i love no but i she had some stuff that i don't plant and stuff so yeah I'm, but that i'm gonna take it home and uh Feed process it and and there's a bunch of green onions in, so I'm going to make, you know, 
powder dust or onion powder and a whole bunch of stuff with it. Loaded baked potato soup tonight with I don't fresh green None onion. of my potatoes are ready yet. I was just thinking, just looking into the near future, we don't have a whole lot of big game hunting. We essentially have one, one that we're pretty much committed to as far as big game hunting, but we got predator hunting and you know, learning how to reload this fall. Winter. What it's kinda of like a perfect year for it as far as <laughs> no we have some extra time. For that for that little in between time there, September, you know, early October. Yeah. I uh, hopefully it gets here and we can learn. Tell them to get on it. Tell them to get on it. But thank you, R C B S new partner with our added partner. We got some more that we're gonna talk about down the line, but RCBS, thank you very much with our family of brands through Vista Outdoor that we have been partners with for a long time with some of their brands and just keeps on growing. More to come. More podcasts to talk about some other brands that we have brought on. We'll let you know about our first few Wildcat rounds. <laughs> what is what is the first hunt we're going on? Deer or Coyote? Coyote. His is until October, right? Coyote. Oh, so sure, for sure, yeah. Coyote. So hopefully. We got a scouting trip to make. Scouting some, trip. In some, September. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, we should coyote do that. We should coyote, coyote hunt. Yeah. Coyote hunt. Well, we could go help Lavore with his antelope tag. Yeah, we could. He's helped us over the years, so it'd be only the nice thing to do. Right. I talked to Kent the other day about his. I was going to go Sunday with him to scout, and he said he got so beat up on his scouting trip on Saturday that he didn't want to go Sunday. He was so tired. He has this antelope tag, right? He has this one. Mm -hmm. He's been all over. The roads there are so bad. Terrible. Even just to get to where you would start to look, you know, even if you said, I I walk everywhere I go, you can't even get to where you would start to walk without going on the worst roads. And it almost makes you not want to put in for that tag, which is good. Yeah, it is good. Keep some people out of there. I like it. Shoot 85 and whatever we shot. Good shot. All right, well, We'll I'm sure we'll be uh, talking to you about more reloading in the future with people who actually know how to do it. (laughs) But if you know how to reload, as we learn, as you uh, shoot us some tips or how you got into it or who you learned from. Last name